0: Hello, San Pedro podcast, episode 49. You are listening to the Hello, San Pedro podcast. I'm Amanda, your host. Join me as I talk to amazing people within our community, business owners, community activists, local leaders, and people like you and me who love San Pedro. This is a place where we'll share big ideas, discuss hot topics, and spread good vibes. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Hello San Pedro podcast. I'm your host, Amanda Silva. I hope you all are surviving being stuck at home. Um, I am enjoying my baby. Of course, there's also the other side of that, which is being, you know, trampled on and bossed around by a little toddler. Um, But it's overall really nice to be home with him. I am enjoying my family. I am settling into my new home. Um, yeah, so there there are a lot of. Uh, nice aspects about this. But of course, we want to think um, about the people who are on the front lines. That would be our healthcare workers, um, people who work in the hospital, people who are delivering our packages, people who are working in the grocery stores, keeping us fed, keeping us stocked, those who are working in restaurants, making sure that um, people can have easy access to food. Um, we are so, so grateful for all of the essential workers out there thank you thank you thank you i don't think we can thank you enough um yeah you guys are putting yourself at risk so that we can be fed so that we can you know um live our lives at home and be safe so thank you um i am really looking forward to the few the coming episodes because i think we're going to have a, a lot of amazing guests people who can really enlighten us um into certain aspects of what's going on right now Anyway, I want to go ahead and get right into today's episode. Um, But before I introduce my guest, uh, let's go ahead and take a quick break.
1: Hey, folks, this is Joshua Stecker. I am the publisher and editor of San Pedro Today magazine, the voice that you're hearing talking to Amanda in this podcast. And I just want to give you an update on what we're working on for our May 2020 issue. Our cover story for May is going to be about you and hopefully by you, our readers. Um, We are looking to get your stories. I want to know what's going on in your lives. How are you living these days? How has this pandemic affected your way of life? If you're a parent, how are you doing homeschooling your children? If you worked in an office and you were forced to work at home, how is that uh, adapting? if you are, you're you you're social and you, you work with a group of people and now you're working through Zoom and have to do um, screen meetings instead, I want to know what that's like. And also I want to know how you're cooking. Are you cooking more at home? Are you ordering to go from our local restaurants? I want to know all of that. So we're opening up our pages to you, the readers, for the May 2020 issue of San Pedro Today. How do you do it? Well. Um, You can send your story to us at contact at sanpedrotoday.com or you can uh, look at our Facebook page for more info on it at sanpedro, excuse me, at facebook.com slash sanpedrotoday or on sanpedrotoday.com. That's enough shilling for the magazine. Um, But anyways, I want to hear your stories and I would love to have you guys submit them to us for possible printing in the next issue. So that's it. I hope you guys are staying safe and healthy and I hope to hear from all of you soon.
0: All right. And now to my guest. Um, My amazing guest today is the co-founder and managing director of San Pedro Waterfront's Arts District. I am so glad to have her on. She's a good friend and such a breath of fresh air and a ray of sunshine every time I see her around. Um, So big thank you to Linda Grimes for joining us today. Well, thanks for being willing to have this conversation again.
2: <laughs> well, it's good to be here. It's nice to see um, somebody other than the mailman, the gardener. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, that's what I wanted to ask you first is just how are you? How are you doing in this climate right now?
2: Um, it, uh, <laughs> it's been really interesting. I mean, I'm with everybody else where you kind of Go through this funk phase of like, and or you know, it's like the stages of um, grief. Let's say, and I think that the thing is this: there's so much uncertainty, and the best thing I can do, we can do all do, is stay centered and calm. And you know, Fred and I have this uh, agreement that only one of us can panic at a time.
0: <laughs> that's a, that's probably a really great idea
2: for most couples. And he has a very robust. Uh, immune system, and so he's been deputized to go out and, you know, do the provisioning and all that stuff, so we, we're still coping, and um, I just, I love my house, I love staying, you know, and being able not to have to go out, I'm sort of a, um, looking, this is nirvana for introverts, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I, you know, I well, yeah, so, um, and I think it's a really interesting period of reset, of you know, after the crash in 2007, I think we really, um, at least around here, we really thought about the concept of enough. Like, how much do you? And the, and this is I I I'm cognizant of the idea that this is a class conversation. So forgive me for you know reverting to to class. Is that um, how much do you really need to conduct your life? Right. Uh, and so it's a chance to examine that, and also, like we were talking about earlier, you know, how do we use technology to stay connected and yeah. not go really wooly and you know lose that <laughs> a, a thumbprint of of sanity?
0: Yeah, you know, I um I had saw a post on Facebook that was like kind of like let's be grateful it's happening now in 2020 because if this happened in like 1999 we'd have our nokia phone and no wi-fi and like 300 minutes and you know (laughs) we wouldn't be able to facetime or you know zoom in a meeting and things like that um so we are grateful to have technology in this crazy time it's yeah, it's, I think it's been a little bit of a lifesaver. Um, what's your daily routine been like?
2: to be sleeping a little later. <laughs> I mean, it like doesn't seem like I have to like. Well, you know, I live. We have a home office that we have a um, our, the front building, which we call the house, was an over under apartment building. Mm-hmm. The place owner had um, taken it apart, put a staircase in, and so the bedrooms are all downstairs, and the view is upstairs. Okay across a patio, and then we have another building that we use as our office, has our guest room in it, in the breakfast kitchen. <laughs> and so it's not that different than like a normal day. We get up, come to the, have breakfast, come to the office, do some work. Um, I always have a nap at like 4.30, although not today.
0: <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs>
2: you know, I'm, I am know this sounds sort of selfish, but I'm one of these people that I need to go hit my reset button. Uh, and um, commune with the cats and eat or, you know, whatever for an hour or so before I go upstairs to make dinner.
0: I I think that's probably good advice for a lot of us. I think people have been needing to hit that reset button and you're right. I, like I feel it for myself. I was at a very, you know, stressful job. I was getting home, needed to come, you know, figure out dinner if my husband wasn't able to get to it yet yeah, I have the baby had to pick up and he is so demanding of attention when I'm at work all day, you know, Um, and being able to be here with him and spend time with him. It has been so refreshing being lazy in bed with him, you know, and and just kind of hanging out, especially with the rain right now. You know, it's been really nice.
2: Um, it makes it a little easier, like you're not supposed to go outside now. So you could. Can- <laughs> Oh, <laughs> I lived back east, in my, and I'd, uh, I had a townhouse. And I'd like uh, on Wednesdays, I, I'd, mornings, I'd say, "You have to get up now." <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was, you know, the whole thing: makeup, pantyhose, high heels, yeah. to, to an office, and mm-hmm. then home. And I promised myself that I could sleep in on Saturdays, and that now I'm like, "Oh, those are all Saturdays in a way."
0: That's exactly what it feels like. The other day, I was like, wait, is it Friday? Is it Sun? I couldn't. I was like, what day is it? Like, it just right. felt like yeah. weird. You're right. It's like a Saturday every day. Um,
2: oh, yeah. I mean, a lot of people, you know, we're sort of uh, rediscovering, repurposing parts of our house that um, it's nice to amble around. And the cats are like completely confused. We're like, we thought that you as staff were supposed to leave or like, why are you still here?
0: (laughs) You know, that reminds me this, this just speaks to how much time I've been spending like on Facebook and the internet, but there was like another meme, if you will. And it was like these cartoon dogs at a conference table and they're like, great. The virus worked. The, the, the masters are staying at home now. And then the one cat at the end of the conference table saying, Why wasn't our department contacted about this? (laughs) It's so funny. Um, Yeah, you got to laugh because if you dwell on
2: what's going on outside, uh, it'll drive us all crazy.
0: Oh, absolutely. I think you're right. And that's why I say like technology is saving it. Like the memes are saving us, you know, in a way cause it's helping us keep our sanity and it also just shows like we're all in it together. You know, these are the ironic things that are going on. Um Well, I'm glad you're doing okay. And I'm glad that, you know, you're staying safe. Um, I wanted to ask about the San Pedro waterfront arts district. Well, first of all, what is it in your words?
2: Well, so we, the, the arts district started as a, um, a project of the Chamber of Commerce in 2009. Um, my brother-in-law, James Allen, and the CEO of the Chamber, Camilla Townsend, and uh, roped in the uh, Community Redevelopment Agency, and they made a grant of $500,000 that was supposed to be an annual uh, apportionment over five years, and that year three, that went away. And we went through a facilitated session with the wonderful um, consultant, Alyssa Callow, to see what is it that we wanted to do. And so from that, we started a nonprofit in 2014. And this, before all this happened in this past fall, we've been working with the brilliant, amazing Jenny Crusoe from all to see on crafting a strategic plan. We, you know, in terms of nonprofits, we're sort of uh, in the kindergarten phase. And I mean that, that in terms of not to be detrimental to the nonprofit, but in terms of where we are in our, our development as an organization. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things that we are working on in terms of sustainability and relevance to the public. We maintain a, a website. We uh, Before this happened, twice a month, we'd send out an e-news. Uh, about what was going on in the arts throughout San Pedro and the and the area. Um, in 2017, we uh, led the charge and became a California cultural district. And so there's a lot of elements there that um, are starting to echo each other as we go through the strategic planning process of where we're going. And, our conversation, and I have no buy-in on this yet, this is just really an idea that we've been floating as a board with Jenny, and Jenny's helping us write a strategic plan, Um, is that maybe the next step is to think about being a more arts united, sort of arts council model, where uh, we bring all the partners of the cultural district into the arts united um, umbrella, Mm and because I think now more than ever, arts organizations, you know, again, we don't know what we're going to emerge to, but I think the more we learn how to collaborate, um, the better off and the stronger we're going to be over the long term. That you know, if you if you group together and make an ask, and right now I don't know who, of whom, but um, that, that comes to, uh, as across as a more, um, a profound effort than when you have a bunch of the individual asks
0: mm-hmm.
2: back to our history that we started when we were under the former community redevelopment agency most of that um five hundred thousand dollars we took on the, the three hundred thousand dollars we took and re-granted organizations like i was the executive director of the golden state Pops orchestra mm. needed help in um letting my, our people in the area know about who, who we are and that we performed in this wonderful theater. So right. I had uh, sponsorships on the uh, KPCC and Josh was also really um, uh, kind and, le- and fe- featuring us on the magazine, but it was one of those things I think we needed to reach outside of our circle. And we as a small orchestra arts organization could have never afforded that. So that really helped us you know, play with the big boys, as it were. And so that sort of, I'm not saying that's what we'll do, but that, that sort of idea that we have infrastructure in place that can evaluate, um, request proposals, and then award, uh, re-award grants, may be something that has come around right now. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if this makes sense to like developers and, you know, where the 1% for the arts is. We're way at the beginning of this idea. Yeah. I just want to cycle back with this idea to the thought of collaboration um, and consensus building, is that takes a lot of trust. Mm -hmm. Uh, And um, I think a lot of our organizations, arts organizations, have been uh, uh, laboring in their individual silos and they've become really good at what they do. Maybe from that um, really strong basis, there's a way to reach out across silos and figure out okay, where our strengths and weaknesses are, and can't we make a a better, bigger um, uh, uh, organization or um, uh, visibility of the arts?
0: Right. Well, I love that there is an organization like you guys actively trying to keep arts alive in our community. Um, I think that's exactly what we need. Um, One of the things I love about the San Pedro Waterfront Arts District is that they commission public murals. Um, You know, uh, I wanted to talk about some of the murals that are in town, um, but before we go through them, I wanted to say, you know, we ha- I had mentioned this earlier, but in the beginning of the year, before things got so crazy, um, it it really occurred to me how important public art is right after Kobe Bryant died. And we started seeing all of these murals of Kobe Bryant and his daughter. And um, I think there's some murals too with the other Uh, victims of the crash, you know, that they were in, and it felt, it felt like community coming together. Um, What do you have to say about public art and what it does to the community? I'm sure you, you have thought about this way more than I have.
2: Yeah, clearly, a long time ago, Uh, yeah, I, um, uh, in my life here in San Pedro, I've always been a consensus builder and an audience builder, I mean, particularly with my work with the Golden State Pops Orchestra and those kind of public art proposals, um, the the work that we did on the back of sirens, really, I mean, I know, but that really excited me because people came together that didn't know each other when we started.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: 12 of them learned how to, you know, make a mural and collaborated. And, And there was a, uh, you know, a profoundness to that collaboration. We did this one exercise where um, I think it's called Exquisite Corpse, where the, um, the uh, teaching artists gave out an instruction. Like uh, it was Virginia Brosma. And so they all had sketchbooks. So they made a, a sketchbook drawing. Mm-hmm. They got up and moved us over a seat and every student in the workshop touched everybody else's drawing. Yeah. What we were, rehearsing for when we got to the wall because we were going to be executing this vision that we all had input on the imaging including the property owner Mm -hmm. you know we were going to make by 80 by 16 feet tall mural and um I just found that to be so amazingly astonishingly life, at least for me, it was life changing. And I think it was for a lot of the people that participated. There was a young lady who was a student at uh, the Port of Los Angeles High School and she came in and she, Maddie was kind of shy. Her dad came with her. Her dad ended up helping us paint the mural, went to the whole workshop, along with his family, his family showed up. And uh, Maddie was a whole different artist at the end of this. She really embraced the idea that she could carry that name tag and and be an artist. And I think that, you know, being in touch with your creativity and um, carrying that forward and sharing it with your community is something that's, that's the essence of being an artist. Mm-hmm. You know, you're an actor or a, a painter or a dancer or whatever it is.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think it activates, um, it activates something. And it's, it's, maybe it's not as active for everybody. But when you look at a piece of art, especially one that's public, it kind of forces you to get in touch with that part of you, you know, and um, I, it's, what do you call it? It's, it brings a community together in that way that we all kind of look at public art especially that beautiful one that you you were referring to the one that's the uh, the Pops Orchestra one that's on the side of uh, the Warner Grand right there
2: the, the one that's on the bottom uh, the, that one wall was uh, painted by Luis Sanchez and mm-hmm. we, and Re, Regina Argentin and that one we had gotten uh, 1% for the arts money through the Department of Cultural Affairs and so we were contracted or commissioned by the Department of Cultural Affairs the paperwork was epic. (laughs) Same thing. We went through a public process. Um, There's lots of different ways I should back up. There's lots of different ways to paint murals. And that one was a different process than the one we did on the back of Sirens.
1: Mm.
2: So we went through a public part process, um, defined what we were looking for thematically. Um, And then we got, I don't know, a couple dozen submissions. There was a group of, artists and art professionals that sat on a public panel mm-hmm. and make a recommendations to the arts district board about which one, which artist we should hire. And then um, they went ahead and painted it. So nice. apparently nature, it's not like painting a, a you know, a, something in your studio or, um, you know, whatever. It's, it's not the same as, you know, studio art. So I think inherently it it is engaging by the community. And I think our tagline last year was, you know, inspiring San Pedro through public art. I think community, particularly uh, an intense creative community that we live in, you need inspiration. That's why you go to art museums or go see a a wonderful dance concert or listen to an orchestra or, you know, all the things that you do to feed your creative soul.
0: Mm I can't help but feel like we need a a public display of art right now, you know, more than ever, just because of what we're going through, you know, because it would signify like, hey, we're all in it together. You know, we are a community. We are united in this and we'll we'll get through it.
2: (laughs) We believe in um, adding to the creative economy by paying the artists and whether it's a single artist vision or a community vision like we did on the back of Sirens. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: Um, Like for example, not to throw out numbers, but that was a a 25 or $30,000 project. Mm -hmm. um, The work that the um, teaching artist brought to the table, she was like the perfect person to bring that together. And um, her sensibility and her uh, normal studio art really informed the uh, imagery in the mural so um you know it does take an effort to raise the money to do this and who knows what how that's going to work when we get out i don't know
0: right yeah i can imagine that um, not a lot of people are spending like they used to not probably donating the way they used to i know a lot of um you know businesses and organizations are probably trying to figure out how they're going to move forward from this
2: um you know, I, that, the way a lot of nonprofits do business, as we mentioned earlier, I'm uh, president of the board of the House Verdes Art Center and um, uh, they do uh, an annual raffle and we were, you know, sensitive that same sensitivity went into our decision making to hold off on it right now mm-hmm. um, and um, see if there's a better time to launch it. We have a house and yeah, uh, yeah we'll see. Yeah,
0: um, I, th- I think that you know, moving forward, people are going to have to be creative. <laughs> um, one of the things that I had gone back and listened to our other conversation that we had back in, I think it was October. Um, one of the things you had mentioned was different projects that you had your mind, you know, exploring at the time. At the time, you were getting into asphalt art. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I guess uh, you know I was hoping to collaborate with um, the uh, folks like Lauren uh, Johnson that are working on the public market um, and come um, a plan for all of San Pedro that backing up uh, those of us who have been involved in, in urban development in Pedro for a long time. Remember what we would refer to as the seamless interface that. Harper Boulevard um, represents a demarcation between the port side of the town and the and the, you know, the historic
1: um,
2: mm-hmm. traditional San Pedro. And that one way to bridge that seamless interface is through asphalt art, uh, which is another public art, uh, where you have um, I mean there's decorative intersections and uh, mural, intersection murals um, just like you would on a wall, but that, that all, that like a wayfinding, uh, trope where if you're at Ports of Call, I'm sorry, public market, they're the same things over there. And then when you cross Harbor into the downtown core of San Pedro, you see the same things. Yeah. And who knows if it'll ever, you know, happen, but it's a way to, you know, it's not like we're making Disneyland here, but <laughs> to be welcoming to, to, visitors and when people come back out again um um and uh a way and so it looks like you know we're we're more unified if we to overuse the term in Mm -hmm. our approach to how we get people we move people around the playground
0: yeah um i well when you had first mentioned it to me i really had never heard of that and then i realized that the only Maybe the only example I'd seen of it is in Long Beach, around Fourth and Cherry area. They had painted their crosswalks, you know, in rainbows, pretty much, uh, like rainbow colors, and that was yeah, the coolest yeah. thing. Um, yeah, it makes it kind of a destination, if you will. Like, you know, oh, let's take this crosswalk that way. You know, it's just it makes it. You know what? To use your phrase, actually, in in your in our conversation before, you you would say, "What makes a there there?"
2: Exactly. And
0: Exactly. and that's exactly what art does. You know it makes it makes a a statement it, it brings characterization to a community into a, a a town. you know, I, I believe you mentioned that you would there's possible um, there's a possibility of working with the new development um, companies that are going to be building buildings in our downtown as we've already seen them. Um, There's a possibility to commission, like, uh, murals on some of these buildings. Is that still a possibility?
2: I think, I don't know. I feel like I've, you know, gone into my cave and rolled the rock across, um, and who knows what's going on out there. Before this all happened, um, the wonderful Elise Swanson, the chamber is also a cultural district partner, was talking to... um, the folks that are, were fixing to build that building next to the news pilot building. And they wanted a mural on the alley side because uh, that's where the residents were going to enter. Uh, yeah you know at this point where we stand. Um, and as you know, I also serve um, with uh, uh, Angela Romi and she's trying to get a Bukowski sculpture going. And and so, I, you know, it's really hard to tell what's going to be there when, you know, when we emerge.
0: I know this pandemic has just thrown a wrench into everybody's plans and projects. It really has. Well, I wanted to kind of go over the different murals if you, if we can, um, you mentioned the sirens mural, which is beautiful, um, a beautiful siren. And it was such a wonderful welcome back statement to the sirens business because when they had, you know, moved locations, you know, we were hoping for like, oh, they're just going to remodel and then open up their doors. But of course, it took longer. And when it was finally open and to see that beautiful mural on the side, it was it was such a breath of fresh air, you know, and it also made kind of like they're not going anywhere now. You know, it made me feel like they're here to stay and this is their place. Um, What started that mural? What brought that on?
2: I've always been eyeing that whole square where the parking lot is um, you know the back of Parkhurst um, the lock and key building as a town center sort of idea in r- urban redevelopment your town centers in the in the arena of wayfinding help you orient yourself oh you go like in um, I'm, I uh, went to school in Philadelphia and so i meet my grandmother at the Wanamaker's Eagle. So it'd be the same thing. I'll meet you in the parking lot that has the mural on it. And so if we had murals all around that center, it would be like, you know, really marking that as a place to reconnoiter yourself to the rest of the area. So I was yeah, there, there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so I've always been a huge admirer and supporter of Yolanda. I think she's entirely badass. and yeah. I, in totally. the highest praise kind of way. Mm-hmm. When and I was thrilled for her and Ray when she got to buy yeah. that building because of what she went with through with the old landlord, and and so I said. I'm just joking. I said, "Can I paint a mural on your wall?" And she said, "Yes." I'm like, "Okay." <laughs> so yeah, I, I was really thrilled that she, you know, saw the benefit in that. And we've been having conversations about um, how do we use that. Um, you know, I think a lot about uh, being a marketeer, about branding, and how does we use then collaborate to how do we make things that benefit the arts district. Mm-hmm imagery out there to a wider audience um maybe some people will want to keep come and see it in person
0: mm, yeah absolutely it's kind of um I think it, it, it can be a hot spot for social media you know people want to take um, pictures with beautiful murals you know and um that's that puts places on the maps you know nowadays um can we talk about the dot boxes? I remember when they all started to be painted. Um, was there like a, not a competition. Was there a competition or I some thought,
2: type of program? Public pro- well, we did this in collaboration uh, with the uh, council office. And I think we might have started this. Uh, I don't remember what year we started and don't ask me about dates, but uh, <laughs> So, same thing, we sent out, we came up with a theme, Mm -hmm. call for artists, the artists that painted all those boxes, and I think there's like 25 of them, got paid to do that, and um, same thing where they, um, we did it in like three different phases uh, to get to the 25, Mm -hmm. same thing where the, uh, we had a a panel, we call them design advisory panels, where the, of artists and arts professionals who reviewed, it was a lot of work, they had all these applications because on average we got a couple dozen each time we did it and um then we you know reviewed them all came to consensus um on who what we were who we were recommending and then had them all painted Mm -hmm. it was back in the day when clean san pedro was still around and so clean san pedro isn't around anymore so it was one of our collaborators um we found we had to find another organization because i don't know if you've noticed that um I think it's quieted down since we've been quarantined, but the boxes on Gaffey Street just got hit really hard.
0: I did notice that actually. I actually was really upset. One of the ones that I had, I really liked, and I, I love looking at them. As you know, I, I would go on Harbor and on Gaffey and Pacific all the time, um, and I was like, I can't believe someone did that. Like I'm yelling <laughs> at my
2: So Mike has helped clean them off and recode some of them one of them before this happened we had repainted and I've been working with um Allison Becker and Jacob Paik in the council office and mm-hmm. some funding so that we can have them the ones that are really bad uh repainted and pay us to do that so post quarantine yeah we'll at least hold on to the 25 that we have as best we can
0: yeah yeah uh, I
2: know. Walkabout. There was two at, on Harbor. Uh, one was um, Adrian Wade and uh, Kim Kohler. And Kim's box was was a shawl that was painted on the box, and the whole box told the story. Well, that went off to some train yard. I don't know where it went, but it's not there anymore. Oh so, no! Yeah. And people on a train.
0: Oh, um, I love seeing them. I I hope that it's calmed down. I can't stand graffiti, especially on public art. It makes me so mad. Um, but I think that the fact that you know you guys come back to it, you maintain it, it just signifies that we're above it. You know, we're gonna rise above all these taggers or whatever, and uh, yeah, continue to spread the community feel um, throughout town. Um, I wanted to ask about the pay it forward initiative that you guys are doing right now. I just, um, noticed that, you know, everybody's kind of doing something different, you know, restaurants are doing takeout and curbside and delivery. Some restaurants are having to like completely change their business model. Um, but I noticed that you guys have put out a pay it forward thing where I'll, I'll let you t- describe it actually. Okay. Oh,
2: you yeah, know, we, um, and I didn't know what else to do. And so um, Andrew Silver, who's on our board, and I talked about well, what if we um, asked for a donation of um, uh, $50 and half of that we would make into a gift certificate that are good at participating businesses. So, mm-hmm. our website, which is San Pedro Waterfront Arts Um, uh, We have a list of uh, participating restaurants, and there's an art gallery, which is Galleria Osul, that is doing this, as well as Little Fish Theatre, so so the process is the prospective donor goes on our website, on our donate page, makes their $50 donation, and then we send them um, a gift certificate for $25 at those participating businesses. And then when they cash the, in the gift certificate, the participating businesses will send us an invoice and we'll reimburse them for the $25 gift certificate. So I'm hoping it, that people think it's a win-win and it's our small part of trying to um, uh, pay forward. Yeah.
0: And um, I think that's what small businesses really need right now, especially right now, just because it's uh, such a weird climate for them. Um, Well, I think that's great. I think that's a really smart thing to do. Um, It kind of shows, yeah, like it's a win win. We're all in it together. Let's all do our best to get through this together.
2: We want something to look forward to when we get out. And, um, and so we want the restaurants to still be there and the arts organization. So it's a, you know, a small way of calling attention to so that we're all into this together.
0: Right. Well, you're a creative person. I was thinking um, as we kind of approach the end of this episode, do you have any uh, tips for anybody who is stuck in quarantine and maybe hasn't exercised their creative muscles um, recently and are looking to?
2: I think you know self-care is important uh, uh, we can't do it today but you know go out for a walk um, uh, live in gratitude um, stay in touch with people I, I've had more phone calls that in this period of time than I normally usually. I'm like on email or I'm texting oh and totally connection is really important um, the other day on Sunday, we talked to our friend Michael Alexander from our balcony, and they were on FaceTime, and it was so nice to see them. And we wouldn't have been able to do that otherwise because we're all really busy. Right. So it was really nice to, you know, see people we haven't seen in a while and, you know, again, stay connected.
0: Absolutely. Uh, my cousin had, like, posted something like, wow, uh, have you guys checked out this voice call feature on your cell phone? You know, it's <laughs> It's so funny because, you know, we use it for so many other things now, for social media, for posting, for selfies, and uh, texting for the most part, you know. And it's it's kind of a funny feeling to, like, call so many people nowadays. I've had so many great FaceTimes with, you know, um, friends and family. My grandparents, actually, right before things got pretty escalated here, this was, like, right when um, Governor Newsom announced that he expected the numbers to double in California. So that was like, I think a couple weeks ago. Um, they took off to Mexico. So I try and FaceTime them uh, at least, you know, a couple times a week just to make sure that we're staying connected. Um, I'm glad that they got out while they did. Cause I know that, you know, when they're here in California, they're around so many other people and they're, you know, in their 80s. So I don't even want them to risk it. So... Yeah, but I am, I'm with you there. Um, any any art tips that you want to give them? You want to give anybody a challenge?
2: Oh you should have asked me that a couple of days ago. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm really interested to see what people create when they get, you know, what they've been doing when we all get out of this. One of the things that we're gonna talk about this afternoon at the board meeting is, um, uh, producing a virtual art walk tour on kind of video platform where we do have an art walk on first thursday or have an art walk tour um but so i'm i need to talk to the board about you know okay to go do this and um uh i think we're we're gonna try it um so if you're a a subscriber to our e-news or you have a uh my email send me a note i'll make sure you're on the list and we'll everybody know what time and how to do how to join us
0: okay that would be really awesome I think that's such a great idea yeah we're missing our first Thursday art walk for sure you know it was one of the it was a really cool way to kind of keep tabs on the community come out eat go look around see what's new so I'll be looking forward to that when all of this is done (laughs) well Um, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for your time. Um, I, I will let you get back to your day, maybe a nap with your (laughs) cats. I know you have more meetings today, so I'll, I'll go ahead and let you go, but I really appreciate you joining me again. Um, all of the info that you shared, I'll go ahead and put in the, the show notes. So I'll put, you know, the website, your contact info, your email, um, so people can get in touch if they want. And, yeah. I wish you, I wish you the best. Stay safe.
2: <laughs> you too, and thank you, my lovely. And when you do post this, um, when you do, you know, edit this and put it up, tag me or let me know and I'll share it with our lists as well.
0: Awesome. I definitely will. Um, I, I hope to get the turnaround by tomorrow. So hopefully you'll, uh, you'll see that already up and out there tomorrow. Awesome. Stay strong. Okay. You too. All right. Thanks, Linda. Take care. <laughs> All right. Bye. <laughs> And that was Linda Grimes. I am so grateful that she was able to spend some time with us. Um, Everything that she mentioned, all of the links that are relevant to this show is going to be in the show notes. So wherever you're listening, just scroll down and you should be able to access everything. Thanks for being patient with us as we figure out how to conduct interviews over Skype. (laughs) Bye. And my son would like to say, wow, can, right. you, can you say goodbye, honey? Well, that's working for home, everybody. I'm sure many of you have had um, some cameos from your toddlers and pets on your Zoom calls. Um, I am right there with you. <laughs> okay, we're going to go, honey. Say, See you next time. Let's go.
1: Let's go.